Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 179, and it's titled Sex Tips Straight Guys Can Learn From Lesbians. I think this is going to be a fun show as a guy myself. (laughs) I can honestly say for most men, they have some sort of lesbian fantasy. They just do. It's like one of the most common fantasies for straight guys is that they bring this lesbian in with their, with their partner. And they, you know, so I think that this is going to speak to a lot of men, but Here's the thing. This isn't really just about addressing their fantasies because one of the things that men often say, and you know, like I coach men. So I hear this, like, you know, I'm working with somebody right now and he's like, you know, I met my, my partner when we were very young. He's like, I didn't really know much sexually. And he's like, I feel like I'm fumbling around and I don't know what to do. Right. So this is another thing that men say a lot. And so one of the best ways to figure out what women like is to ask women. Right. So So our guest today, who's going to help us with this, not only is a woman, but she also is a lesbian, which means she knows how to pleasure a woman. So you are going to get (laughs) advice, probably about the best advice that you can get. I think we'll see what what she says when she comes on. (laughs) So before we introduce today's guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. If you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at Power and mastery.com. So go check it out. Today's guest is Genevieve. She is our go-to erotic leader. She's a former professional dominatrix. She's also a certified erotic blueprint, master trainer, and accelerated evolution coach. She has a magna cum laude undergraduate degree in psychology with a master's in education. Ooh, I got to take a little breath here. There was a lot to unpack. And when she's not turning someone on to the fullness of their pleasure, she is playing with her five-year-old son, Rock Garden, or making love to her incredible partner, Sabrina, in New York City, where she resides. So welcome, Genevieve. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I can tell it's going to be a lot of fun already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a we, we have one or two... Uh, somewhat silly questions to start and then we'll dive into the deeper stuff. So so the first question is I kind of alluded to this in the intro but the first question is why do you think most men are so obsessed with lesbians and how they have sex? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. I think it's I think it's because men actually want to please women. Like there's a deep desire to have a woman, you know, on her back in full arousal. I mean, there's nothing like that when you're, when you're, when you're sitting there giving oral sex to a woman that you love and they're just writhing in pleasure. It's like the entire world stops. So of course, of course, that's what they want. Cause it feels amazing. And then there's this question of, of like, well, how do I, how do I do that? I can do it for myself, but how do I do that for this, for this beautiful person in front of me? So I think it really comes from a place of deep love, like, really just wanting to have that experience. It's, it's mesmerizing. Yeah. 
It, it is. I completely agree with that. I was actually saying, so, so last night, Selena and I were making love and we had a wonderful experience and she had a couple of really great orgasms. And so this morning we were on our usual morning walk and we were kind of talking about it. And I said, I said, there literally is nothing more amazing in this world than watching a woman in like full orgasm, not holding back, just that space that she gets into is so powerful and so magical. So yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so tell, like, do you think that the way lesbians approach sex with each other could translate into good heterosexual sex as well? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I think people miss out on in hetero couples is that lesbian sex doesn't stop. Right. So because there isn't this peak climactic end point, you just keep going. So sometimes our sex is five seconds and sometimes it's five hours and it just keeps going and going and going. And I don't think traditionally men have been taught how to do that and how to create that cycle where you're just going. <laughs> so I think that's the biggest, to me, that's the biggest thing that's like, wait, doesn't everyone want that? Doesn't everyone want to have an entire afternoon? of sex where you can just keep bringing it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I would think, uh, yeah, doesn't everybody want that? I do have to say that we have had some clients, mostly men who don't last nearly as long as they should, who've said, uh, why would I want to do that? <laughs> but <laughs> But mm -hmm. I, they're probably not the majority. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's a satisfaction then, right? Like what I'm looking for is it, the reason it lasts so long is because both people are really fully satisfied. So it's not like you're trying to get something. It's not like you're trying to go somewhere. Like you're already really happy. And what I've noticed with lesbian sex, good lesbian sex, because sometimes lesbian sex is just like bed death. They call it lesbian bed death. Or <laughs> nothing happens, right? I hadn't heard that term before. That's oh, it's a term. It's a thing. It is. <laughs> but but for, for where I see it actually happening, it's that both people are so already erotically satisfied with themselves because self-pleasure tends to be like celebrated in the lesbian community. Right? Like self-pleasuring next to each other is celebrated. Self-pleasuring in the house. I don't care if my partner's eating dinner. I'll say, I'm going to go self-pleasure. And there isn't this feeling of, oh my gosh, you're supposed to do something right now. Or it's just like, a, it's a cultural norm. And so you already enter the sexual experience feeling really turned on. And then it can go anywhere. Instead of the pressure that I hear from most men, which is like, I need this right mm -hmm. now. Right. It's boiling and I need this right now. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that in a heterosexual relationship, you can totally have that as well, because that's what we experience, Kevin and I. Uh, and that's also what we teach uh, when we talk about our constant state of arousal. So I think independently of your sexual orientation, it's more a state of mind. And it is possible to access it, whether you're same-sex relationship or uh, other sex, like it doesn't really matter. It's really how you approach it. But I think also from the woman and, and I've had a little bit of experience with women as well. And I actually thought that it was going to be so awesome. My first time I was going to have sex with a woman 
And I was very disappointed because it was a woman who was very masculine and she was just kind of very much like a guy. And I had thought that it was going to be soft and gentle. We're going to caress each other. I mean, I had this whole like fantasy. And when it really happened, it was kind of like, you know, fingering me or going down. And I was just like, hold on, like, wait, like, let's like, I can get that with a dude. Like, let's do the other stuff that, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't want to take time for. So I think also it depends on the individual because not everybody is going to do it the right way. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Queer community is very, there's heteronormativity within the queer community where people have to take roles, right? Butch, femme. My partner and I don't do that. We just play, right? But that's a, I think a beginner level sexuality where you think there's a role we have to play, right? And then, and then like half of the lesbians will go be the butches and wear the dildos and the other half, and, and there's so much more available to everyone, hetero and homosexual and everything in between. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now we got some of that beginning stuff out <laughs> of the way, right? We understand why this might be important and why uh, there, there most likely will be some good value for everybody as we continue on in this. Let's talk a little bit more about your history and because obviously you bring a lot more to the table than just being a lesbian and and, and having a a same-sex partner right like there's a whole lot more to it so (laughs) thanks for saying that because it's true (laughs) it really is (laughs) so tell us a bit about your sex work journey your dominatrix experience sort of how you got into that and how that's shaped not only what you do as far as the work that you do, but how that also translates into your own personal life and lovemaking. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I feel like sex workers were always like we have a calling. Sex workers just know they're meant to be sex workers. We're like the Mary Magdalene uh, continuation, right? And so I always had this feeling that that's what I was supposed to be doing in this lifetime. Once I became of legal age, I went on Craigslist. And this was back in the day when Craigslist was popping, right? I went right in there and there was an ad to be a dominatrix. And my girlfriend at the time was like, Genevieve, you'd be excellent. I mean, I was already like spanking her. And I mean, it was crazy. Like the, the, the kink was really sexy and fun already. So she was like, just, you could make money doing what you already do. Go do this. And so I thought it was just going to be like, I don't know, like what you see in movies, you know, like I would just show up and start flogging people and call it a day (laughs) (laughs) and then like go home. Like, I don't know. I I wasn't sure. And what I found was that it was so much deeper. I was really, and this really speaks to the place I was working. It's a, it was a place called Rapture, which unfortunately got shut down by cops because all the nice places often get shut down by cops, but it was a really nice place where We were really supported and really held. And our manager was amazing. And I actually had intensive training. Like they taught me about the psychology of kink. They taught me about safety. They taught me about corporal punishment and how to do, you know, ties and all of that. And so I went in with this like advanced knowledge that I think most dominatrices didn't get in, you know, in New York city. And that gave me this ability to really transform people in the sessions. Right. So I'd have men, sometimes five, six men a day, and they would come in. These were usually Wall Street men um, because of the level of pressure in their jobs. Right. And they wanted this relief of like, I don't have to hold, I don't want to hold the torch anymore. 
right? I'm done. I'm going to give it to someone else. And so I knew the psychology already behind who was coming in. So I knew, okay, I have to create a safe container for them. I have to create a place where they feel they can let go. What do I need to do? And who do I need to be in order to do that? And I had to find in myself, I was 18. I had to find in myself, like, what is it like to ground in my feet and to feel really strong in my spine and to know that I own this place? Even though there's a grown man in front of me, can I settle into that? Yeah. And so our sessions became so much more than just the, the whipping and the right that we had so many fun moments like that. But the, the, the psychology behind it was fascinating, fascinating. I'd see grown men break down in front of me crying while they were orgasming. Right. And I was like, this is fast. This is amazing to me. The relief and the freedom that's allowed is truly incredible. So that sparked the journey for me that sparked the journey of like, there's so much transformation available through our sexuality. If we can learn to release the shame, which is what these guys were barreled in, right? They're coming in terrified of being seen. They all used pseudonyms, right? It was terrifying. <laughs> and if I could just love them there and celebrate them and be like, you want to dress up in, in that cute little outfit and do some cross-dressing and then I can celebrate you and I can put on your makeup and then I can whip you and we can celebrate that. Like, what if that's what we do? What if that kinky shit is awesome? And then I would see his release in his body. I was like, oh my gosh, he's not holding anymore. He's not tense. He feels relaxed. He feels open. There's something to this. And so for the last 15 years after that experience, it's really been about how do I re help release shame in the everyday so that sex becomes a constant transformational experience for people every moment. It's really an alchemical tool, right? A tool that you can shift anything. And I think that's why men love going down on women so much, right? Because they literally see the energy changing before them. At least I do. I notice a woman kind of shy, nervous, tense. And then all of a sudden she's rippling through in her orgasmic ecstasy. And I'm like, whoa, right. That is power. That's true power. Yeah. That's what sex, sex does for us. Sex is available for, for all of us to have that. It's amazing. Yeah. I love how you bring that piece in about how sex can be so powerfully transformational because it really can be. If that's your goal, if that's your intention, if that's how you want to use that energy, it can absolutely transform your life. And I think in our society, we use sex to sell everything that you can think of. You know, we use it for all kinds of things. We, we use it politically to, you know, destroy our opponent. I mean, we use it in every which way that you can think of that's unhealthy, but let's, let's refocus. Let's like shift that and realize that it can be used in healthy ways too. One, one part of the story that I love too, is that you talked about having a calling as a sex worker and and a lot of people have this idea that if you do sex work you uh, you're drug addict and you are uh, i don't know you have a pimp and you give all your money to this person it's a terrible life and um, I know a lot of people who do sex work and being a sexological body worker myself, working with sexuality, there's some common threads, even though it is different. So, but I've been around in some of that community and most of the people that I know who do sex work are very healthy, very happy, and they've chosen that. And I really like that you mentioned that because I think it's important for most people to understand that while there are some victims and sex trafficking and all of these other side, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but a lot of the women who do choose to go into this line of work, it's something that they feel a strong calling and desire to experiment with for themselves. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's even for people that, I mean, I was 18 and broke, right? I, and I do have a funny, funny enough, a history of drug addiction, not during the time that I was a sex worker, but it's funny you brought that up. Um, but for me, it wasn't, it, it was like, oh, I could go get all these other jobs available to me. Right. And I knew, because I've known so many sex workers at this point, sometimes it is people that are marginalized and right. But there's an empowerment that happens when you step into it. And when I think the key here is that the place that I worked was set up in a way that we were empowered. Mm -hmm. Right. And they believed in decriminalization of sex work. And they believed that we, you know, we were truly transformational beings. Like they were proud of us. Whereas other places I had worked, it was like, ugh, it was dirty, it was grungy, it was what you think of, right? And so it's really about what's the mindset? Is this work transformational? Can it be always transformational? And, and to me, it's really freedom. We're giving people so much freedom in, in that work. I love that you brought that up. Yeah. All right. So let's shift gears yet again a little bit here in this <laughs> interview, because our, our topic is really about you know, what can men learn about pleasing their woman, right? So that's, that's kind of what we alluded to in, in the title. So we talked about all that stuff because we wanted to get a feel for your background and, you know, you know, basically what your, your personal experience is, what your job experience is, that kind of stuff that has formed your opinions and your methods that you use. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about what those actually are. <laughs> so, so from that experience that you've had, when it comes to, say, men and sexuality, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Like the biggest aha moment that you had from all of that? Yeah, I honestly, that there's not that much of a difference between men and women. Mm -hmm. That was my Ooh. biggest. So, and I, this is like a bit edgy because people don't like this, right? Because we've got all these schools of masculine, feminine stuff, which I think is beautiful and amazing. But when I've, I've at this point seen hundreds of people in their erotic pleasure, and when they're truly at that place of eroticism and surrender, it's the same. It looks exactly the same. The difference is how we get there, right? The difference is how we get there. And some people have roles of how they want to get there. So men tend to be in the more dominant initiatory role. But when I was dominatrix, that was my role, right? So it's interesting how easy it is to flip and be like, wait a second, I can take on whatever I, whatever role I want. I'm not stuck in this, this way. I could be the one more surrendered, even if I'm a man if that's what feels true in the moment. And it's way more about being authentic with your pleasure than it is about this performative sexuality that so many of us are taught. And I think our culture teaches us as well. We have to show up a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. That That's interesting. I, I agree with you that when, when people are really truly in that mm -hmm. moment, there really isn't any difference. And I like how you made the distinction about how you get there. And I'm wondering if you could explain that a little bit more, like, like what would be a difference between how a woman gets there versus how a man gets there? Cause this, this would be fascinating for men to understand because too many men are like, well, I just do this and it works for me. So it's going to work for her too. <laughs> yeah. No, that's generally not true. So. Yeah. Yeah. So again, working with hundreds of people, I've noticed there's not too much of a difference, but what I have noticed is that the stereotypical person in their masculine, right? So what I mean by that is the one who's going to be initiating more, right? Which sometimes is my role in my partnership. And sometimes it's my partner, right? It depends on the day. Um, so whoever's in that more masculine yang energy, they tend to kind of go for it, 
right? Without their partner necessarily being ready or open. And it becomes a lot of work, (laughs) right? So it's a lot of work. And this is something I think the lesbian community really understands is not to push through that, right? Not to push and barrel through to get the person open and turned on. The lesbian community is pretty good at the flirting and the, right, the the directness of what they intend and, and all of that. We kind of understand how to do that. And so I think what's missing is for that dominant role to, to not be afraid to ask. This is, lesbians do this all day long, right? To not be afraid to ask, what would you, what would you want right now? What would you want right now? And instead, I think what happens is men go, oh, I got to figure it out on my own, even though the person's right in front of them, right? I got to show up as that per, right? <laughs> and women are much, it's much easier for us to just be like, I don't know what to do right now. Can you help me? I have no idea, <laughs> right? Because we're not the other person's body. We don't know. And so I think, I think that we're bypassing, or right? we often bypass what the other person needs because we have this idea again of what it's supposed to look like and if that if that can start to calm down and we can start to get curious instead and question the person and learn their nervous system more then they're going to open on their own and it won't be as hard it's much more challenging when the person's stressed out like for me after a long day of work it's going to be a lot of work you're going to have to like give me a massage, make sure the setup is all right. Like the way you have sex with me better be strong. Like, no, right. Because I've been in work mode all day long. I'm a CEO. Right. And so it's hard work. So it's much easier if you instead ask, what do you need right now? And I'll go, Oh, I need a foot massage. I need massage right here. I need you to set this. And then I'm ready and I'm open already. And you're not second guessing. Yeah. All right, man. You just got three important tips there. Number one, don't just push through and try to force it to happen. Number two, don't be afraid to ask what she needs in the moment. (laughs) And number three is uh, do stuff. Like this is something I coach men on all the time and and they, they need it. Like we think they should know this and many of them don't, which is what you just said towards the end there, which is like, Hey, at the end of the day, here's what you're going to need. Give me a massage, like set the scene, right? Like make it comfortable for me, make it warm, you know, whatever. These are, these are basic things that we think everybody should know, but a lot of guys don't. And they just skip right over that. And they're just like, all right, let's go. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, and sometimes what I want is for you to just like, like flip me over and fuck me. Right. Sometimes I'm really, and I think that's a misconception is that women always want the candles and the bathtub and the, that's not true. Like sometimes they're like ready and they're kind of annoyed that you're like trying to figure out what to do. Right. So the best thing to do is to ask, what mood are you in right now? I want to connect with you sexually. How can I show up with you there? Like, what do I, how can we do that? And so I, in my, in my bedroom, we have tons of games. We do lots of communication exercises. Like it's just so we keep allowing ourselves to be in the moment. Right. And, and just be, it's more playful. It's more playful. All right, yeah. guys, guys who are listening, right. Did you hear what she just said? Right. All right. Cause I know a few of you are, are listening to this, rolling your eyes going, oh, I got to think of games now. I got to like do 
But listen to what she said. They have games. They do stuff, right? This is the kind of stuff that women actually want. So if you're a guy and you're listening to this and you're trying to pick up tips, really pay attention to these little things. Like she just kind of dropped that in there, but I'm making a point to reinforce that because it is something that women want in general. You know, we're generalizing, of course, but these are valid (laughs) tips. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the part also about us being ever-changing, just because yesterday something worked and yes. we wanted that doesn't mean we want it the next day or even in the next hour. And mm-hmm. I think that understanding that we're cyclical, I see that all the time. Like sometimes in our cycle, we're more in that dominant phase and like, I'm going to be on top. I'm going to do all the work. And then at yeah. another time, we're like, just do me. I lay down yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And other times it's like, help me get out of my head and I can't feel my body. Other times it's like, oh, I'm so responsive. All I need is this. Like it's, it's once you understand that. And also I think as a woman really own it where there's nothing wrong with you that you're going to want different things at different time yeah. and that you can embrace all of your different facets and personalities and they can all show up in the bedroom. And I think, which is kind of fun too, if you are in a monogamous relationship, because then you kind of have like multiple partners. Oh experience. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, so my partner and I, right. Like we literally, it feels like there's like seven people just between that. I was, I was polyamorous and now I'm like, I don't even need, I'm good. like I don't every single day is completely different I'm with a different body right Mm -hmm. because I'm really attuned to like wow who is this today what kind of we're gonna do kinky sex today well yesterday we were having really romantic sex I'm very confused right but I'm gonna (laughs) let it it's great again you can really get all the flavors in when you can celebrate that I love that yeah (laughs) this is one of the odd jokes of men right like men are all like oh I want to have all these different women because I want variety and blah 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 then they don't even notice the variety that they have constantly in front of them every single day exactly (laughs) every day all the time oh my gosh so good yeah yeah I think this the there are steps would be really supportive here the orgasmic arc steps because I Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's the next question Celine was going to ask you. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Go ahead. Shoot it. Give it to me. <laughs> well, I, I felt like it was a perfect segue to dive into this method that you created that you call the orgasmic arc. Uh, so tell us more about those steps. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized over the years, right, I've been I work with couples. I've been working with couples forever and I work with top high level CEOs. So we're talking like CEOs of huge, 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 huge companies and they're busy. Right. And so they come to me and they're like, make me a sex master, but I can't like take them for a week. Right. I can't take them for a week and like just have them take off work. And it doesn't work like that. And so I was like, I need to come up with a really easy six step process that they can think of in their head when they're seducing their partner. Right. And then, and then they could just use that. And I can tell like the results have been incredible. These guys, thank you. And even for her, like, it's been really, cause she's like, Oh, I never really realized what was happening in my body. And now I'm really tracking it. Yeah. So six steps and it's called the orgasmic arc because the purpose is to bring you, both of you together, or, or if you're giving only then bring your partner into orgasm. Right. And so the first step, this is the one that I was talking about before. This is a bypassed step. The first step is safety. And we, we miss this one a lot. And I think I really learned this as a pro dom, right? I really learned this when I was a dominatrix because I was like, I can't just start beating someone up. I need to first ground, make sure they feel comfortable, make sure they're okay. 
Like this is a big experience that's going to happen. And the more safe that I can be in my body, the bigger transformational sexual experience they're going to have. So the first step is safety. And what it looks like when it's achieved is the body's going to kind of drop down. You're going to, it's kind of, these are all very subtle. So it's hard to notice, but if you can become really good at tracking a body, then you can really start to get it. So what I notice in a body is that the holding, the tension around the shoulders and the hips start to let go and the breath becomes more like an ocean wave. It's just a little more subtle. Signs that the person's not feeling safe is if they're not giving you eye contact, right? This is just like clear signs. If their breath is held, if you touch them and they pull away, they're not flirting with you. They probably just don't want to be touched. They don't feel safe yet, right? And so what you do to create safety is you ask them. You ask them, you say, Hey, I noticed that you're, you know, you're not looking at me right now. Is there something up? Is there something you need to share? Is there something you don't feel safe about? And that's sexy, y'all. I just want to like (laughs) bring that. That's hot. That's sexy and hot. We want that. Okay. And the other piece about it is the more, the better you are at creating safety, the more orgasmic expansion she can have. Absolutely. I promise. promise, Right. So that's my, that's the step I could talk about all day long because it feels like once we have safety down is much easier to do the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're, we only have so much time on the show. We won't talk too much more about that, but I love that that is your first step. I actually just uh, recorded a video on this that hasn't launched yet uh, on this exact topic for men, because it absolutely is the most important. And here's the thing that, that I, see with a lot of guys is they, they think, well, I'm your partner or I'm your husband or I'm your, of course you're safe. Of course you're safe. Right. (laughs) They just assume that that level of safety is there, but maybe it's not. And when we talk about safety, we're not even just talking about physical safety. It might be emotional safety as well. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you either. Like the safety in someone else's body has nothing to do with you, but you can support the person in finding safety. The other key thing I've noticed over the years a woman will naturally go into arousal when she feels safe. My second step is intrigue. That's arousal. She's going to do it normally. You don't have to do anything to her. She will just start breathing or coming close to you. It's amazing. This is again, this is the thing lesbians understand, right? You cuddle shit happens. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to move towards you. It's going to (laughs) happen. Another valuable tip, man. Cuddling. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) But I love the safety part too, because I think that, like you said, also, we don't always know why sometimes we just don't feel safe. It could be that the door is open and you just need that door closed, you know, even though you're in your own home. Like okay. the actual door, like to the room. Yeah, you're exactly. About. Yeah. Door to the room. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so whatever that is, uh, also, I think a lot of women deny themselves that connection yeah. to their body. So it's about giving yourself permission to want what you want and, and what you need. And this is, you know, while you men can do a lot in like helping us creating that container, I think it also has to come from us women to be able to voice those things. Absolutely. Most women don't even know what authentic pleasure feels like in their Mm -hmm. body, Mm -hmm. Because we're used to being like, I'm supposed to be turned on right now. Right. And like a pussy, which lesbians get a pussy should be very open and wet before any sort of penetration goes in it. 
open and wet and like deeply craving you, like coming towards you. (laughs) Right. We're not penetrating the pussy. The pussy's actually just landing on top of you. That should be the energy. So to get her there, it's so much safety to start. And then you just watch. She's going to she's gonna open on her own. Of course, there's more steps, but we won't go through them today. But yes. Well, we can go the- through all the steps today. Okay. I didn't, I didn't want to shut you down and not allow you to go through the steps. I just didn't want to spend too long on the first step because then we're going to run out of time and we'll get to all the other steps. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's continue on. Let's, let's go okay. into step number two. Then probably we'll take a quick break and then we'll continue on with the steps after that. Okay, great. Step number two is intrigue. So the rest of the steps are much easier. We don't have to go too deep into them because really that safety setup brings everything else home. Intrigue just means that her breath is going to quicken and her body's going to move. And the way that you do this is if you know that safety's happen, it's happening, it's going to happen already. And your job is to just help maximize right? So she's breathing or her energy's moving and you're just like, where can I touch her right now to increase that? That's it. And it's permission for a lot of women. It's like, can I really be this turned on? Yes, you can. Let me keep giving you permission, right? Lots and lots and lots of permissions. That's step two. And then after a while, what's going to happen is she's going to show you a part of herself. There's going to be like a shoulder or maybe like a butt or a pussy or a boob, like something's going to move towards you. That's step three, directionality. Your job is to meet that part fully. A lot of people like meet it for a second and then move somewhere else. And you're like, you just, just, I gave you my boob, stay on my boob, right? <laughs> just stay there. I'm giving it to you for a reason, right? So, so this is a point of like deep focus and meeting, not like, not just like half doing, we really want to feel you with her. Right. And um, again, what will happen often is we speed too much through this point. So stay, stay, stay until she opens. So let's say she gives you a boob. Right. And 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 she's in her turn on in her arousal and she gives you a boob. You want to stay there until you feel her do something like an exhale. Right. Or like a (sighs) there's going to be some sort of sigh that needs to happen. And then you can move to another part of the body. Eventually, you'll get to the pussy. Right. Um, so that's step four openness. See, so we can speed right through them. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's hold on. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor. <laughs> Kevin's ready for it. <laughs> so, this is for all of you listening who are a committed couple and feel stuck in a rut, just going through the daily motions instead of connecting the way you used to. If you're tired of stale mechanical sex that lacks spontaneity and fun and you don't want to live a life of average, then Kevin and I would like to invite you to join a highly sexed power couple platinum program. If you give us 90 days, we will help you bring the passion back between the sheets and be synced up sexually so that you can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. So go to celineremy.com forward slash passion to learn more about this program. And now back to step number four of the orgasmic arc. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So step four is that openness. It's what we call the orgasm right? Or we call it the climax. And it's really just like, she's, she's either crying, right? I just want to like, let that be there. Sometimes crying is the orgasm. So she might be having what I call a crygasm. She might be having an actual like orgasm through G-spot or clitoral or squirting happening, or it might be just a sigh, right? Like, Oh, thank you for meeting me here. Kind of energy. Right. So that's what we call openness. And now most people just, they think they're done. 
There's another, okay. There's another tip for the guys out there. And this is where lesbians, I think rock. Okay. <laughs> is that the guys will just get up at that point and be like, okay, so what are we eating for dinner? <laughs> right? Um, oh, and you're like, no. uh, right. Because there are two more steps <laughs> and the two steps are so good. So what will happen after the orgasm or the crygasm or the release right, is the body will start, and I'm not very sciencey, but it will start to give off some awesome chemicals, right? We'll have the oxytocin rush and all of that. And what that creates in the body is amazing deep healing for the cellular structure of the body, right? It's also awesome for like any emotional healing that needs to happen between the two of you. So you'll naturally move into this place that I call beingness. And it's when everything gets really still. I'm sure... I'm, I think a lot of people can relate to that time when you've had really good sex and afterwards you just like go, like there's no movement possible, right? So that's going to be the new MO using the orgasmic arc. That should happen in every sex sexual encounter. And if you've, if you've actually moved through the steps, so then you're there and you're being this and you're just hanging out. And then the last stage, you're going to notice she's going to start to like nuzzle up against you or like kiss your cheek, right? Like cute little things are going to happen, or she might start feeling turn on again and her body might start moving and she might be like, Oh, I want more. Here's where lesbians continue to have sex. Okay. This is the last step called the expression stage. And it's where authentic expression comes out. So this might be words like deep love and appreciation for each other. It might be like that, or it might be like, oh my God, I'm so turned on. Can I go down on you? Right? Like here's another authentic expression happening for my body because you've cleared out her mind at this point and her body is really open. And so you get to just kind of swim together in this place. And then the arc, what it'll do is it'll keep looping. So this is how we have sex for four hours is let's just keep going. We just keep looping and looping and looping. And I think what I see a lot of men doing is they'll go to, and I've, you know, slept with a lot of men from the sex work world. Right. And so what, what I've noticed is they'll just keep moving through the first four and they don't give that spaciousness. Like you have one orgasm and then they're like, great, we're going to do it again. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, like, I just need to like integrate what just happened. Right. Like, give me a moment to be and feel and then come back to you authentically um, because it seems to just be like orgasm after orgasm that that's not sustainable and it won't last. Well, yeah. and you know, another thing I'd like to point out for the guys when it comes to that arc is that that arc isn't just about that session and how long you can keep that session going because you know, for some guys, they may be thinking, well, you know, once we both had our orgasms, like I don't really want that arc to keep going, right? Like some guys are, are are like that. But I think what they miss is, is that, you know, doing those last two steps, you know, when she says she wants to cuddle, when she wants to talk to you about it afterwards, that's actually setting the scene for the yeah. next encounter that you have whenever that is. Yeah. And I think that's a big part that they miss because they just think it's like, peripheral kind of like whatever, take it or leave it. I don't really care kind of thing. And they completely miss the point that this is essential to you coming back around and starting the arc again at another time and moving faster through those first few. She'll open faster. She'll relax faster. All of that because she's got that intimacy and safety established. And you've basically come full circle. It also makes people love quickies. I used to not love quickies. I love quickies now. 
because I move through the whole arc. I can do it in five minutes with my partner. And it's awesome. Like before our work day, we go through the arc in five minutes. I have an orgasm. I cry a little. We connect. We, right? Five minutes. When you get really good at it, it doesn't have to last forever. You can accordion it out however you want, but then you feel complete. Yeah. I've got one more thing that I really want to add because you've, you've, you've said it a couple of times and, and I, it's funny because uh, this just came up in a session you were having with some clients too. And so I think it's really uh, valid and relevant to what we're talking about, but you've mentioned a couple of times, oh, and then I just cry. And then like, at some point you're like, and she'll just cry, you know, and that's okay. And right. And I, the reason, because this is, we're saying primarily geared towards men, right? And it's lesbian tips for men. Here's the thing, man. If she cries, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes. Right? Like it might just be a release of some emotion. It might even be good emotions. It could be a good cry. It could be a releasing of past trauma that had nothing to do with you whatsoever. And the problem we see is these men take it personally. Like, oh my God, she's crying. What did I do? How do I fix this? Ah, right? And and I just thought it was worth pointing out that, that, you know, coming from you and like the way you're saying that is like, this is a normal thing that can happen. And we know it is. And Celine knows it is too. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there for guys. Like, listen to the women here in this discussion. <laughs> this is part of truly deep connected lovemaking. And it will happen from time to time. Right. I love that. And there's, um, it's really just about what's happening in the body, right? Like, so when she's crying, is she breathing? If she's breathing while she's crying, you're probably doing a great job. Don't stop. She's just in the, <laughs> right. She's in the openness space. I used to hate when people would stop and be like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in the middle of an experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so good. So Genevieve, if you could give men on only one tip on how to make love to a woman, what would it be? I think patience. Yeah, patience. It's it's like, and I get it, guys, because I my partner, when I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, I just want to fuck the shirt out of you. Like, right? I have that feeling in my body. It's very masculine and it comes in sometimes. And I know that feeling. And I know that it can be really overwhelming and kind of frustrating to hold. I get, I totally, I get it. But if you can just breathe and be with your body and remain willing to stay patient and recognize that she will open if you align to her speed, just stay with her tempo, then she's going to be giving you what it is that you crave. You don't have to bypass or push through any of it. Yeah. Awesome. And then do you have any advice for couples who want to bring in the lesbian or bisexual woman in their lovemaking? Because we're looking for that unicorn, right? <laughs> I had to throw that question in there. I know the men are all thinking it. I love that that question's in there. Um, yeah, I love, I mean, group sex, orgies and, and unicorns and all that. The arc works no matter how many people are involved. So they like follow the step, even with the three of you, right? Follow the step. And so you start with safety, right? Like, okay, do all three of us feel safe? What do we need right now to make sure we feel safe? And then her, and then the, a lot of those unicorn experiences can be very performative and feel kind of shallow, right? Just from experience myself. And so to make it not so shallow, it's make sure you're actually moving through the steps. Like you have the framework now, use them. <laughs> awesome yeah. so where can people uh, connect with you and find more about the work that you do 
Yeah, totally. So the website's GenevievePleasure.com. They can go there. And then we have a great community of people who are pretty orgasmic arc. Like they're enthusiasts for this and they love asking questions about it. And it's called the Orgasmic Arc Community on Facebook. But our O is a zero. Otherwise, Facebook kicks us off. So put a zero in, not an O. I was surprised. I was like, how are you on Facebook doing that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a trick. <laughs> that's <for my> <laughs> all right. We'll have all the links in the description, um, but I know you've got books, you've got people, uh, multiple ways for people to work with you. So go check out Genevieve's uh, website. And then we have our very last favorite question that we ask all of our guests, which is, what is your best sexual talent? Oh, wow. Okay. This is so fun. My pussy just went, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you're talking about me. Thanks. Um, okay. My best sexual talent is that I just, my pussy does so many cool things. Like she's so alive and so excited and so loving. She has no fear. She's just like, hi, I love you. You're amazing, right? Like just from years of work on her, she's just like with it and she's fully attuned to me and we connect all the time. And so my G spot can actually move out of my pussy and wave hello to people. It goes outside. So no one has to go and find her. She's like, I'm here. I'm here, push here. amazing amazing that's the first time we've ever gotten that answer yes (laughs) she likes that she really likes having attention on her so appreciate it you know i i have to say from a guy's point of view i love a woman with a talented pussy Mm -hmm. some people are thinking well uh don't they all have talented pussies no actually they don't all have talented pussies and this is not to say anything bad about any of the women out there but some women have consciously focused on it and learned how to master it and some have it some are just kind of going in the default but the ones that have really learned how to master it there's nothing better (laughs) that's true so cool (laughs) thank you (laughs) all right everybody that's all the time we have for this episode and we will see you next week We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing.